Welcome to PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Soboleski, and today we're going to be talking about anaphylaxis. Specifically, do we really need to admit kids, and how long do we observe them in the emergency department? This is an interview that I conducted with Tim Dribben, an emergency medicine physician from Cincinnati Children's Hospital, who recently published a paper in Plus One answering some of these questions. Brad, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. My name is Tim Dribben. I am a faculty member in the Division of Emergency Medicine at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. I completed my pediatric residency at Seattle Children's Hospital and my fellowship in pediatric emergency medicine at Boston Children's Hospital. My research interest and academic focus is to improve the care and reduce variability in the emergency department management of children with anaphylaxis. So, Tim, my first question is, what do we know about the risks of admitting or discharging children with anaphylaxis from the emergency department? With the admitted children, there's no disagreement that you should hospitalize kids who are having persistent anaphylactic reactions requiring vasopressors or respiratory support. The question is, what is the risk of admitting kids to the hospital who have no further reactions? Although I think it's totally appropriately to admit kids for observation to monitor biphasic reactions, we have to be thoughtful in this healthcare setting in this time that we aren't admitting kids who don't require hospitalization owing to the significant financial burden on the U.S. healthcare system. In terms of discharging kids from the emergency department, the real risk is that kids could go home and have a clinically significant recurrent reaction necessitating treatment with intramuscular epinephrine or other acute life-saving interventions, and clearly this would be a they're trying to avoid. So you recently published a study on anaphylaxis and discharge home from the emergency department. What did it show? sought to develop low-risk criteria for identifying children who do not require inpatient hospitalization identified predictors of children hospitalized with anaphylaxis who did not require acute inpatient therapies. And we hypothesized not to receive any acute inpatient therapies, they likely did not warrant inpatient hospitalization. The factors that we found that were associated with being low risk of needing acute inpatient therapies was absence of cardiovascular involvement, such as no hypotension, and absence of wheezing. Among kids who were over 36 months the presence of gastrointestinal involvement was also predictive. However, in kids less than 36 months, gastrointestinal involvement was not a predictor of uh, receiving acute inpatient therapies. So in this study, you use the same population to create the rule and then validate it. So how did you accomplish that from a methodology standpoint? Did you use magic? And what does it mean for your study? Talented statistician who helped us Ideally, when you develop prediction models, you uh, do derivation and validation. Although we did do internal validation with the same cohort that we developed the rules, ideally we would have a separate cohort that we could validate them in. It's important to note that this is just a derivation model, that these rules should not be applied in clinical practice until they are externally validated in a multi-center fashion. All right, so in the past, I've taught and I've always been taught that we observe kids for, I don't know, like at least four to six hours, but that a biphasic reaction could happen like 72 hours later. So how long should we really observe? You know, who gets admitted? How can we predict that a biphasic reaction can happen? You know, and who's most at risk? 
contemporary studies, the rates of biphasic reaction vary from anywhere from 1% to 15%. However, it's probably more around 1% to 3% of clinically significant reactions. Although there have been reported cases of biphasic reactions happening up to 72 hours, among contemporary studies, this really hasn't been borne out. There are really no clear guidelines around how long kids should be observed, and they're just based on expert consensus. Recommended observation periods vary from anywhere from four hours up to 24 hours. I think the most important thing is to tailor observation periods based on the clinical severity of the reactions. For example, kids with mild reactions whose symptoms resolve after receipt of intramuscular epinephrine probably require shorter observation periods. However, kids who present with wheezing or respiratory distress whose symptoms improved warrant longer observation periods. It's safe probably for most kids an observation period of four to six hours would be appropriate. Do you think in the long run we're going to be able to cut that observation period down for a lot of kids, you know, discharging them home sooner than four hours? Um, or do you think that that risk of biphasic reaction, even if it's small, is so high enough that you know we should really just end up watching everybody? I do think we're going to be able to reduce observation periods, and what it's going to really be is to be able to better risk stratify observation periods based on the reaction severity. Submitted an abstract to PAS to get at this question of how long children should be observed in the emergency department, and what we found is that for the majority of cases, an observation period of two hours is adequate to identify children who go on to need a second dose of epinephrine. This is wonderful. Obviously, getting kids out of the ED faster benefits both us and patients and families. So what questions in anaphylaxis remain unanswered, and, and what direction do you think the future research is going to take? One of the biggest limitations of current research in anaphylaxis is the lack of prospectively collected data to answer these questions. Most of the studies have been retrospective. They use different outcome definitions. So I think to begin, there needs to be standard definitions of biphasic anaphylaxis and also to have anaphylaxis severity categories. Some of the questions that still need to be answered are, are which kids require hospitalization owing to the risk of biphasic reactions, and what is the true incidence of clinically significant biphasic reactions. However, I think to really move the, forward, the field forward, we need to start including biologic determinants of anaphylaxis severity to first help in the diagnosis of are these patients truly having anaphylaxis, and then to risk stratify the patients that require inpatient hospitalization. I mean, that's fantastic because I was always told, well, you'll know it when you see it with anaphylaxis. So a lot more specificity in diagnosis is going to be fantastic. That's correct. Right now, I think we lump a lot of cases together and say that everyone with anaphylaxis has the same risk of clinical deterioration. But in all likelihood, there are probably a wide range of severity of reactions, and we shouldn't be managing them all the same way in terms of observation periods and decision-making around need for inpatient hospitalization. Tim, this is fantastic work. Thank you again for sitting down with me, and I'm eager to see what you guys publish next. Thank you, Brad. It's been a pleasure. Well, that's it for this episode of PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. Hopefully, it will spur discussions amongst you and your colleagues about when and how we should discharge patients home from the ED with anaphylaxis, and conversely, whom we should admit. Remember, this study will be more powerful once external validation has been done. I suggest you all give it a read. The link can be found in the podcast feed and on pemblog.com. It goes without saying that I would love the feedback. Leave a comment at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your audio content or on pemblog.com. For Pem Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast, this is your host, Brad Soboleski. See you next time.